Praise the Lord. Well, tonight the message, the angels and the saints. So I want to conclude some things that I began last Sunday night. Spoke about the reality and truth and the ministry of angels. And there's some general things I want to tidy up tonight, I guess I'd put it that way. And then go to a specific portion of scripture that I trust will be very, very meaningful to us tonight. Well, let's begin with Hebrews 12, 22, the angels and the saints. The Bible says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Hebrews 12, 22, we have come to an innumerable company of angels. We know from Jesus' words in Matthew 18 that each of us have a guardian angel. Every person has a guardian angel, angel that's watching over us, and the angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. He has given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways, lest we should dash our foot against a stone. We are covered by the Lord. There are many servants that he has, angelic beings, that are present. And if our eyes were open, we would see them. But they attend our ways, and they watch over our children. They watch over the kingdom of God and the house of God. And they're active in the earth, some judicially, some as ministering spirits. In Hebrews 1.14, we have that great verse. The Bible says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? We are the people who inherit salvation, and others that are not yet born again will inherit salvation. And the Lord has ministering spirits. The Lord sent two angels down into Sodom and Gomorrah to rescue Lot. Two angels came and took him and his two daughters. Some of the family didn't make it out, and his wife turned back and became a pillar of salt, but the angels were there. It says, while Lot lingered, while his daughters lingered, the angels laid hold of them to rush them out of the city before the judgments of God fell. We know that there are ministering spirits. The Bible says so. An innumerable company of angels, ministering spirits. There are servants. God has servants at his disposal. Jacob, when he saw the great vision of the house of God in Genesis 28, Jacob's ladder, he saw angels ascending and descending upon that ladder. Jesus said, you will see heavens open and you will see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Part of the ministry of Jesus Christ is that he sends angelic beings to help us and watch over us and care for us and guide us in the earth. Now, most often, of course, by far, they are invisible because the focus has to be on Jesus Christ and him alone. And, but the angels are there to minister. And then we have Hebrews 13, 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers. Strangers. Somebody you don't know shows up. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels or angels unawares as the KJV says well you have shared over the years many of you some highlight situations in your life where you believed it must have been an angel that helped me that appeared to me that led me that guided me that protected me you know I have at least four situations four testimonies in my life it must have been an angel there's no other explanation Two of those times, Deborah and I were making our way through airports. 
You need angels when you're trying to catch a connecting flight. And sometimes they're there. Two times so specifically, it must have been an angel. One time, Pastor Mark and Caitlin and their firstborn son were with us. Other times where there was protection. Well, I don't want to go through the details of my own testimony in life. My mom had an angelic visitation when she was 92 years of age. An angel came to her, sat on her bed. The angel gave its name. And the next day, my mother was fully restored and healed in her body. She went out of the care ward that she was in, where she was locked up in a place, couldn't leave, went back to her apartment, went back to my dad, and lived another four and a half years in full strength and health until her glorious departure to the heavens. A five-hour departure, so all the family had time to come and see her. And then she slipped out, and I think like Luke 16 says, when Lazarus died, the angels came and carried him to paradise. Thank God for the ministering spirits. Thank God for the ministering spirits, the angelic hosts, an innumerable company of angels. Well, somebody asked me last week, well, do we pray to the angels? We don't pray to angels. We don't worship angels. Remember Revelation 19.10? The Apostle John, he didn't realize it was an angel, but it was a divine being. He fell down to worship, and the angel said, the angel said, I am your fellow servant. I'm a servant. See that you do not do that. Don't worship me. Worship God. Worship God. So we don't seek angels. We don't worship angels. We don't pray to angels. But we appreciate angels when they show up and minister according as the Word of God says, ministering spirits sent to bless and encourage and help our lives. We don't try and strike up a personal friendship with an angel. Well, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to become a good friend of my guardian angel. I think I'm going to talk to my guardian angel. That is a sure step to deception. Because that is totally and entirely forbidden in the word of God. When we open up ourselves like that in the spirit world, what we will get is an angel of light. We'll get a dark angel. We'll get a demonic agent masquerading as a good angel. See, there are angels of light. The Bible warns us about them. What is an angel of light? It's a dark angel appearing in a friendly manner. It's a dark angel appearing in a pleasant way. Colossians 2.18 says, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. Some in the early church, Paul had to warn against it. They began to worship angels. They began to Seems talk to angels and try and communicate with angels. He said, this is forbidden. This is outside the bounds of Scripture. He said, people who do this are intruding into those things which they have not seen. They say they're seeing things, but they're not seeing what they think. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Worship of angels is forbidden. Seeking angels, praying to angels, worshiping angels is outside the bounds of Scripture. We worship God. Our friend is the Holy Spirit. Our friend is Jesus. Our focus is on the Lord. But if God wants to send an angel from time to time to attend our way, we will receive that angel and receive the blessing and benefit of the Lord. 
2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15, the Apostle Paul warned. He said, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. They masquerade even as apostles of Christ, like they have the word of God in them. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Angels of light, misleading voices, misleading presence that can come. And so we are warned in Scripture that we must guard and watch. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, I, I fear lest as Satan deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds would become corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Yea, hath God said, suggestions come, angel of light, feels like a good feeling, seems like a nice direction, satisfying to the flesh, casual, something to set me at ease, must be God. The Bible says, watch out for angels of light that you not be corrupted from the simplicity, from the simple and true and accurate way of the Lord. Then we have Galatians 1, 8, and 9. You know there's much deception today, angels of light, while I just think of it. So much deception in our world today. New age. Subjective spiritual leadings. Personal spiritual journey. Spirit guides. Enlightenment, a presence leading me. I'm following something that's communicating with my spirit. There is much deception today. And it comes across as light. It comes across as enlightenment. It comes across as something good. But if it does not speak according to this word, the Bible said, is it is because there is no light in them. And so everything must line up with the word of God, the integrity, the spirit, and the truth of the word of God. That is where our safety is. Galatians 1, 8 to 9. Listen to the words of Apostle Paul. But he said, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Paul said, not only the angels from heaven, but even we. He said, if I start to preach another gospel, if I turn aside from the pure, true gospel of Jesus Christ and the salvation of sin by the blood of the cross, if I turn from the word that I have preached and written in Holy Scripture, I would be accursed. He said, I should be accursed. He said, even an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel, any other good news, it sounds good to you than what, we have, than what you have received, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Anything outside the word of God is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 4.1, now the Spirit speaks now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Do you know anyone that's departed from the faith? I know some that have departed from the faith. 
Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, what? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We must be on guard. We must be on guard against the powers of darkness, deceiving spirits, words that come to us, suggestions that come to us, thoughts that come to us that do not line up with the integrity of the Word of God. These must be cast aside and spurned. They are deceiving spirits. They are teachings. They are doctrines of demons. I think what C.S. Lewis said about the demons applies to the angels as well in our understanding. He said there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and feel an unhealthy interest in them. One is to disbelieve in the existence of devils, demons. The other is to believe and feel an unhealthy interest in them. And that's what I think applies to the angelic world as well. We know the Lord has given angelic spirits, ministering angels, to care for us and watch over us. We believe in them, but we are not to have an unhealthy interest in them. We do not seek them. We do not pray to them. We do not try to strike up a friendship with them. We appreciate them, but our friend is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's our focus, and he's Lord, and we worship him and him alone. Well, now to the word of Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. As we read this portion, it's quite familiar. Isaiah and his vision in the temple. I want to remind you that what Isaiah saw was not a vision of heaven. He saw something taking place as the people of God gathered in the house of the Lord. This is not heaven, this is the house of the Lord. In Revelation chapter 4 and 5, John, the beloved, was taken up into heaven. He saw a vision of the throne room of heaven, the worship of heaven. A door was opened in heaven and he went up and he saw the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit he saw the presence of God, the power of God about the throne. He saw the living creatures and the 24 elders, and he saw the worshiping angels, and he saw the saints who had already been gathered to the heavens. He saw the worship scene in heaven. But in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah is in the house of the Lord like we are on earth. And what did he see? His eyes were opened, and maybe our eyes can be opened tonight. What is really going on in here when we gather? Isaiah 6 and 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, the house of the Lord. Above it stood seraphim, high order of angelic beings. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken. They moved. KJV, by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, 
Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. What a passage. Come on, what a passage. My Lord. Picture of the house of God. What do we see when we come to the house of God? What is in our spiritual vision and understanding? Isaiah was a young man that went to the temple quite often, many times a week as the people did in those days to worship the Lord and pray and be taught, just like we do. We come to the house of God. We come to it many times. Now the building is simply a building. The temple in the Old Testament was a building. It was special because the presence of God dwelled there. The presence of God abode there upon the Ark of the Covenant. But when the presence of God wasn't there, when it was departed at times of captivity, the building was simply a building. There was nothing there but stone and mortar. Nothing there but wood and furniture. And Isaiah has, was a young man, was coming to the temple, coming to the house of God week in and week out, just like we are. But one day his eyes were opened, and he saw beyond the wood and the stone. He saw beyond the furniture and the people gathered there. He saw what was really going on when he came to the house of the Lord, and it changed him forever. And even though he only saw it once, from then on he walked in the power and revelation of what he saw. And he shared it with us, thank God, because now we too can know what's going on when we come to church. If we get Isaiah's vision into us, it might change the way we come. It might change the manner and the spirit and the punctuality and the strength in which we come to the house of the Lord. For our gathering is not unto a building. Our gathering is not unto a man. It's not unto a preacher. It's first not unto the people. It's first unto the Lord. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Isaiah said, my eyes were opened. I came into the house of God. The people were there. The congregation was there. We were worshiping. He said, my eyes were open, and I saw what was really going on in the spiritual realm. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, enthroned in the praises of his people. Psalm 22, 3 says, the Lord is enthroned on the praises of Israel. The people worshiping, the people praising the Lord, the people adoring the Lord. And there was the king above them, seated in their midst in all his glory. He said the train of his robe filled the temple. He said, I, I saw the, the, the sweep of his robe as it went through the temple, the Lord going down the aisles, going among the people, touching them, ministering to them, caring for them, loving them, blessing them. The, tra the train of his robe filled the temple. He said above the throne were, were the seraphim. Each one had six wings. 
With two they covered their face. With two they covered their feet. With two they did fly. With two they covered their face. Honor. Honor. With two they covered their feet. Humility. Walk humbly before the Lord your God. With two they did fly. Haste. Quick to serve the Lord. He said they were crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full, full of his glory. He said the, the doors, of the, the posts of the door were moved. The pillars of the temple began to move and sway and dance. Dead things come alive. Dead wood comes alive in the presence of the Lord. He said, I saw the, the house being filled with the smoke of incense, the praise and worship cloud, the incense. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, Psalm 141.2, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice, as the people began to worship on the hot coals of the altar of their heart, the incense of praise and worship and prayer began to arise. It began to billow up in the temple, in the house of the Lord, and fill the entire place. The glory of God. This is what's going on when we worship. This is what's happening as we begin to pray and praise the Lord. The king is enthroned. The seraphim are active, crying out, holy, holy. Dead things are coming to life. And the house is filling with the wonder of the anointing of the presence of the Lord. In that presence, conviction hit Isaiah. Have you ever been convicted when you come to the house of the Lord? Got to change my ways. I need to change that attitude. I need to change that thing that crept into my heart this week. That reluctance. That disobedience. That hardness in my heart. He cried out, Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I need more holiness. I need more separation from the world. I need more cleansing from the flesh life. I need the Lord. I need holiness. I want to be like Christ. I want his likeness in me. And one of the seraphim angels went to the golden altar of praise and worship and intercession and took a live coal of fire off that altar in that presence, in that house. The angels were ministering, and an angel flew and came to Isaiah and touched his lips. And from that day forward, Isaiah had a new tongue, tongues of fire, a confession of faith. From that day on, he spoke the words of the Lord. Something happened on his lips when the fiery coal touched his lips. He said, I'm not going to talk the way I used to talk. I'm not going to complain the way I used to talk. I'm not going to speak unbelief and all the criticism and things that can come out of my mouth. He said, from this day on, my lips are cleansed and I will speak the words of the Lord. Tongues of fire. And in that presence, he heard the conversation of heaven. Wow, when we're in the house of the Lord, it's like we can hear the things the Lord is saying. And the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were sitting over the congregation, enthroned in their praises. And they were looking down on that congregation and saying, Whom can I send and who will go for us? What are they talking about? What is the Lord talking about? He's talking, they're talking about harvest. 
They're talking about souls. They're talking about the spread of the gospel. They're talking about people that need to get saved. They're talking about people that need to get discipled and built up so we can present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. They're talking about preachers, and they're talking about teachers, and they're talking about Sunday school workers, and they're talking about people who will edify and exhort one another and build build up one another in the most holy faith. They're talking about workers and laborers and harvesters, people who will pour out their lives and their finances and their energy and their prayers for the gospel. And Isaiah heard the conversation of heaven, and all of a sudden he jumped up in his vision and said, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Isn't it amazing how that when we're in the presence of the Lord, we're so willing to give our lives away? Sometimes we walk out of church in the meeting and say, what did I commit myself to? But when we're in the presence of God, we just want to give it all, don't we? Lord, I want you to serve you. I give you my life. I forsake all. Use me, Lord. Use me. I want to be used of God. I want to be fruitful. I want to make a difference in my life. I want to make a difference in the earth. I want to stand in your presence one day and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, I give my life away. Well, that was the house of the Lord vision. What do you see when you come to church? That's what's going on. Isaiah 6, that is what is going on every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Tuesday night at the corporate prayer. That is what is going on. And if we understand that and get a hold of it, it will change the way we come. It'll change our procedure. Said it'll change our punctuality. It'll change our power. It might set some things aside. You know, we are people that become creatures of habit. Habit gets ingrained in us, and we just do the same thing week after week and month after month and year after year. Well, sometimes it's good to get a breakthrough and break a habit and say, I'm not going to come in that lethargic way. I'm not going to come in that sluggish way. I'm not going to come in that inattentive way. When I walk into the house of the Lord, I know what's happening. The Lord is going to be enthroned on the praises of his people, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to worship, and I'm going to join with the saints so the house is filled with the fragrant cloud of his presence, and the angels can come and minister among us, and God can let his train of his robe come through the house of the Lord, and if I can just touch his robe, I know I'll be healed, and I'll be touched by the presence of the Lord today, dead things will come to life and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. My lips will be touched. My lips will be cleansed. I'll have a living coal on the altar of my own mouth and the altar of my own heart. And I'll be able to serve the Lord with all my strength, with all my strength, because he is the one who strengthens me. Well, angels, the seraphim, The angels were above the throne. The angelic presence is in the house. It's over the house. It's here. The ministering spirits are here every time we gather. The seraphim of glory, the seraphim, it means the the burning ones. They were on fire with the zeal of God. They were on fire, the seraphim burning ones, burning ones. 
worshiping angels, and they also ministered. They ministered to Isaiah. They worshiped the Lord and ministered to Isaiah. You know, a number of people have told me over the years that they've seen angels in this place. I've never seen one yet. My, I mean, I look, I watch. I do, like, Lord, oh, I'd love to see an angel one day. But other people that have told me they have seen angels on the platform and by the speakers and the instruments, and I don't disbelieve them. I don't disbelieve them at all. You know, once in my life, I heard the angels sing. I heard the angels worshiping. In recent decades, as recorded in the history of the movements, many people have heard angels sing. As the church gathered and the congregation singing, there was a song, there was a worship beyond what the people were singing. Well, I was in a meeting when I was in my early 20s, our church service at our church, and where the congregation was singing, and then at the end of this worship and praise and adoration of the Lord, as the congregation and the musicians subsided and died down, for two or three seconds I heard the sound of worship going on. And I thought to myself, you know, am I imagining things? I didn't say anything. But do you know that after that service, several people in the foyer said to me, we heard the angels sing tonight. There was a point in the meeting, we heard the angels. The song stopped, but the singing kept going. And so I take that in my heart. I did hear the angels sing. I did hear the angels sing. Well, saints and angels sing. I want to close out with this. Terry Law, a good minister friend of ours who went home to be with the Lord in 2022 or 21, I'm not sure, just a couple of years ago. He wrote a book on angels and their ministry and so many accounts in there of verified of what took place under as angels came and attended to people. Terry Law is a minister friend of this church. And in his book on angels, he gives, cites quite a number of reports of angelic visitation, angel visitation. Now, I'm going to give one report because it ties in with my message. And I wouldn't really venture this if I didn't know the person. But I know Terry Law. I know his integrity. I know how he served the gospel, how he served the Lord with all his heart. And when he has some reports in his book and testimony in his book, I know that I can trust him. He mentions one lady, he mentions quite a few different situations, but he mentions one lady. He said, Marilyn Capua of Louisville Covenant Church in Kentucky says she has seen angels on a number of occasions. She reported seeing three angels dancing on the roof of a house where a home group was meeting. The angels are dancing. My, there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. The angels rejoice and celebrate and sing. You know, doesn't the Bible say, didn't the Apostle Peter say that this redemption, this salvation, this glorious gospel that is unfolding into our, in our lives, the angels desire to look into these things. They marvel at the work of God in our lives and what the Holy Spirit does and how the Word of God is changing sinners and enemies of God into saints and friends of God. Well, 
three angels dancing on the roof of a house where a home group was meeting. One of them was playing something like a small harp, perhaps a lyre. Later, during a church morning worship service, she saw a nine-foot angel standing behind the worship leader. Most recently, she said she has seen two angels standing on the front platform of the church during several different services. She described them this way. They are a little over six feet tall and dressed in white. They do not speak, but raise their wings when songs of praise are sung of direct praise to the Father. They raise their wings when songs of praise are sung directly to the Father. They stand before the people, she said, before the congregation and look at us expectantly. They stand before the congregation on the platform and look at the people expectantly. She said, I have seen them on and off over a period of months and have prayed often to understand their purpose and mission at our church. One morning, one of them walked over behind the pastor and spread his wings as our pastor was making declarative statements about God. The angels appear to be waiting for us to do something and always watch intently. We've come to an innumerable company of angels. They're, they're watching. They're expectant. They're, they're waiting for us to respond to the Lord. They're so intent that Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit receive glory in the house of the Lord, our full attention, our full strength. Terry Law says, I have discovered five biblical principles that seem to activate angels to fulfill their role of serving God by serving his people. In other words, our actions seem to influence their actions. Our actions seem to influence their actions. He says those five principles are authority. We must be under authority. The angels hold to authority. Chain of command. They honor authority. Where there is authority, People lined up properly in spiritual authority. The angels are free to minister. The second principle, sacrifice. Sacrifice, where we're surrendering, where we're offering ourselves, giving everything to the Lord. Prayer. Prayer. Angels respond on the prayers of the people. Number four, giving in obedience or alms, giving in obedience, our generosity, our faithfulness in tithes and offerings and alms. As we see in the life of Cornelius, the angels came. And the number five, our praise and worship, our praise and worship. The angels seem to wait expectantly. Our actions seem to influence their actions. Five principles, authority, sacrifice, prayer, financial giving and obedience, and praise and worship. Well, tonight I want to close with 1 Corinthians 11.10. Worship team, come. Listen to this amazing verse in 1 Corinthians 11.10. The Apostle Paul is speaking of the house of the Lord where the people gather. Men and women, families, children, everyone gathered before the Lord. And he said these words, For this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, 
because of the angels. All of us should be under authority because of the angels. He specifically spoke of the women in the house of God at that time and the custom of that day and what was taking place in that particular church and some disruptions that were going on. But he said, for this reason, we need to be under authority. We need to be aligned properly under God. Our home's in order. Our marriage is in order. Our family's in order. Our spirit in order. Our worship in order. Our prayer in order. Our giving in order. Because of the angels, they are free to minister. The Lord sends them and dispatches them to minister into our lives and bring blessing to us. So this evening, let's stand together. I trust this word has been a blessing to you and an encouragement but again isaiah 6 the angels are here the angels are here the worship is here let's allow the lord to minister to us and use us and let's open our eyes let's open our eyes and see what the house of god is really about what's really going on and say i'm going to get involved like isaiah here am i oh lord send me i'm jumping right up into that isaiah 6 vision and I'm going to walk it out and fulfill it in my life. Well, tonight, let's close out with a song of direct praise unto the Father. You know, we have different songs in the house of the Lord. Some minister to us. Some are speaking about things going on in our heart as we offer ourselves. And we sing about Christian themes. But some, some songs are direct songs of praise to the Father. Those are called in Scripture, highest praises highest praises and so let's close out tonight with that and offer ourselves and magnify our father the son and the holy spirit honor our god with all our strength love him with all our might tonight as we offer ourselves and close out the service today in jesus name